Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our interactive daily broadcast where trusted leaders bring insights and analysis to the issues from a biblical perspective. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get biblical answers, information and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. This is a live broadcast and I'm Dwayne Sheriff, your guest host today. And I just wanna thank you for being patient on us. We're coming on a little bit delayed. We had some technical difficulties, but we have a fantastic staff here at Andrew Walmack Ministries and they've corrected all the problems. So thanks for being a part. I'm excited about what the Lord's put on my heart to share. I believe this will be a blessing to you, your family and your friends. I'm going to be sharing on grace and humility and how that humility is the highway for God's grace in our lives. Before I get into the message, let me give you the phone number. You can call in with your questions at 719-619-2341, 719-619-2341. That'll be open to your questions, and I'll be fielding some of your questions here. I'll go about a half hour and then we'll take two 30-minute segments to answer questions, and I know that'll be a blessing to you as well. Let me quickly share some upcoming events. We've got Healing is Here, and it will be right here at the Karis Bible College campus at Woodland Park, Colorado. Healing is Here. That's August the 8th through the 12th, and our keynote speakers are, of course, our beloved Andrew Womack, Pastor Benny Hinn, that'll be a blessing. Carly Caradez, Carrie Pickett, Barry Bennett, Daniel Amstutz, and Greg Moore. And these are all very special, special speakers. And I know you're going to be blessed. If you need a healing or you know of someone who needs a healing, these messages will cause faith to come. And I guarantee you, you will see miracles. You'll experience miracles. That's Healing is here, August the 8th through the 12th. You do need to register at awmi.net, awmi.net. Well, let me get into my message. Celebrate humbling ourselves for the entire month of June. We're calling it Humble Month, and that we just want to humble ourselves before the Lord. Because, brothers and sisters, there are things associated with pride that are very detrimental to your heart, to your families, to your life, and to a culture. And humility is the nature of God. It's the image of God in man. It's His very character, and it has to be developed in all of our lives. And so we worked on humbling ourselves the entire month of, of June. And in that month, there were some great lessons that we learned in regards to pride. There are attributes of pride, and there are attributes of humility. And we need to learn these attributes, and we need to judge our hearts before the Lord and make sure there's no pride in our hearts. There are many lessons that a Christian needs to learn 
from the culture and that's going on right now. What is God doing and what is God saying? And there are voluminous lessons to be learned during Pride Month. One, of course, is that we must in this culture now begin to protect our children and their moral innocence. But the second thing that we all as believers need to learn from the culture and what God is revealing and showing us is that we cannot be a prideful people. We cannot counter pride in the culture with pride in our hearts, pride in our families, pride in our churches. One of the worst forms of pride is religious pride, is self-righteousness. And while we have to make a stand for all and against all the things in the culture and for God's word and things of that nature, we have to maintain a heart that is a humble heart before the Lord. We have to know what humility looks like. We have to know what humility sounds like. And we have to learn to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We cannot counter the pride in the culture with pride in our hearts and pride in the church. So we need to know what the attributes of humility is. Again, humility is the, is the highway of God's grace in our lives. The way you get more grace, according to James chapter 4 and 1 Peter chapter 5, the way you experience more grace in your life is when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And those passages teach us the power of humility and how that God's grace and more of God's grace comes into our lives through humility. I don't know about you, but I could use more grace in every area of my life. I need more grace for my family, more grace for my ministry, more grace for our church. We all need to grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How does that work? It works through humility. While humility is the highway of God's grace in our life, pride is the sixth lane highway to destruction, to destruction. And we have to understand these things as, as believers, and we have to guard our hearts against any form or type of pride. There's a powerful, powerful scripture and many scriptures in regards to pride and how that we need to avoid pride. One of the scriptures is Proverbs 16, 18. Proverbs 16, 18, it's one of my many references to pride. It says that pride goes before a fall and this haughty spirit before destruction. Pride in a Christian's heart will lead to falling and failing. It will absolutely lead to destruction, and we don't want to have any part in that in our lives. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. The scriptures teach that there are six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven, and that they're an abomination to the Lord. And the first of these seven deadly sins is a proud look. Pride. Pride is deadly. Pride is dangerous, whether it's in an unbeliever's life and in the culture or in a believer's life setting in a church. We have to make sure we have no pride in our hearts and that we know what humility is and how to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10 says, only by pride comes contention. Another, another word for contention is strife. Only by pride. Man, if you've got any contention in your marriage, pride is the source. If you have contention in your family, strife in your family, then pride is the source of that. 
And man, those are one of those scriptures I don't have on my refrigerator any more than you have probably on your refrigerator is only by pride comes contention. If I'm contentious with Sue, if I'm contentious with my staff, if I'm contentious with my friends, then that is pride in my life. And I need to learn to repent of that. I need to learn to turn from that. In James chapter 3, verse 16, the scriptures say that where there's envy and strife, another word for contention, where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. Think about that, brothers and sisters. On the wings of strife, which pride is the source of, comes every evil work. Satan thrives in pride. And that's what we're seeing in the culture. But what about in our hearts? What about any religious pride in our hearts? What about pride in our churches? Satan will come to steal, kill, and destroy on the wings of strife that has the source of pride behind it. So we need to be quick to recognize, diagnose pride, and repent of it in the name of Jesus. Well, again, what is pride then? And what is humility? I'd like to spend some time in attributes of pride and attributes of humility. We're going to run out of time, I know, but let me try to begin with pride in its simplest form is self-centeredness, self-centeredness, self-focus. When we are in pride, we're we're simply self-centered and focused on nothing but self. Humility then is God-centered and others-focused. Humility is God-centered and others-focused. So that's a definition. Another definition, I know I won't have time, but maybe as I'm answering questions, I can allude to it. Pride is independence. Independence. Humility is dependency on God. Dependency on God. This is what got Satan kicked out of heaven, was he thought he could be like God. He thought he could exalt his throne. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, the devil said, I will exalt my throne above the Most High God. I will be like God. Man, I used to cringe when I would hear things like that, because I wanted to be like God. I've heard Christians my whole life want to be like Jesus. So what was so terrible about Satan saying I want to be like God. He wanted to be like God, independent of God. He thought he could be like God in rebellion to God. He thought he could know good, be moral, do good, independent of God. And none of us can be good, know good, or do good, independent of God. It's our dependency upon God in humility that we come to know the goodness of God that we come to learn and understand from God's perspective what is good, what is evil, what is right, what is wrong. It all begins with humility, which means dependency on God. If we're prideful, we want to be independent of God. I want to share a scripture out of Ezekiel 16. I've not heard too many people refer to this, but many times because of the culture, we hear things about Sodom and Gomorrah, And even Jude in the New Testament refers to Sodom and refers to the righteous justice and judgment of God on their perversions, on their their rebellion to God. And so if the New Testament even refers to Sodom and Gomorrah, 
The Old Testament in the book of Genesis gives us the account of Sodom and Gomorrah and literally fire from heaven coming down and consuming Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities. And Jude says that what happened in Genesis there was an example of the righteous judgment to come, then we need to understood, understand what really happened there. Now, Ezekiel records the sin of Sodom. Listen to this in Ezekiel 16, verse 48. As I live, says the Lord God, neither your sister Sodom nor her daughters have done as you and your daughters have done. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. That's so powerful. Look, this is the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. During Sue and I's celebration of Humble Month, we were mindful of our benevolent acts toward the poor and toward the needy. They were so self-centered. They were so consumed with pride. They were so full of bread and had so much idleness on their time. Think about this. They were just sitting around with nothing to do in their idleness, and Satan filled their hearts with all this greed and all this lust and all this sexual immorality, but Ezekiel records that the heart of it was pride. That's how deadly pride is and can be. So we must avoid pride in our hearts, guard our hearts against pride, and learn what humility is. Let me just say this too. Numbers chapter 12, verse 3 says that Moses was a very meek man, that he was the most humble man on the planet, on the whole earth. Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now, it was Moses that wrote the first five books of the Bible that included the book of Numbers. So Moses wrote in an eternal book, heaven and earth are going to pass away, dear ones, but God's word will never pass away. It's an eternal truth, eternal book. And in an eternal book, Moses wrote, Moses was the meekest man on the planet. <laughs> now, how can you be meek? How can you be humble? And right in the Bible, you're the most humble man on the planet and still be humble. Maybe we don't know what humility is. And if we don't know what true humility is, how are we going to humble ourselves in these last of the last days? How are we going to humble ourselves so that more grace can come to us if we don't know what humility is? We need to understand the attributes and character traits of humility so we can humble ourselves. In James chapter 4, here's where we see, and in 1 Peter chapter 5, how that more grace comes to us in humility. James chapter, chapter 4, I'm going to have to hurry here. And so he talks about how that when we're a friend of the world, we become an enemy of God. Today, many of God's people are friends with the world and have no idea that they position themselves as an enemy of God. Man, I want to be known. You want to be known as the friend of God. And that, in some cases, may make you an enemy of the world. But I would rather be an enemy of the world and a friend to God than a friend to the world and now an enemy of God. Then all of a sudden, in verse 6, he says, But he, that's God, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. 
Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So we see in this simple passage that God gives us more grace when we humble ourselves and that God resists us in pride. My goodness, brothers and sisters, you're not going to be able to overcome the devil. You're not going to be able to overcome all that's coming upon the planet. If you have God resisting you and the devil sifting you, you're going to be hurting for certain. You need to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. One of the attributes of humility is submission to God. Submission to God. An attribute is what makes something what it is. A ball has attributes, and one of the attributes of a ball is it's round. If it's not round, it's not a ball. It has to be round. It can be different shapes of round, but it has to be round to be a ball. It can be a small circular object, round, or a large circular object, but it has to be round to be a ball. That's an attribute of a ball. Well, one of the attributes of many of humility in a Christian's life is submission to God, dependency upon God, yielding to God, looking to God. An attribute of pride is rebellion to God. You don't see your need for God. You don't yield to God. You don't care what God says or his word says if you're in pride. But if you're humble, You long to know what God says. You care about what God says, and you want to submit to God. And now in submitting to God, you have the grace to resist the devil and him and him flee. Boy, that is powerful, brothers and sisters. And we need to learn to submit to God, humble ourselves, resist the devil. And again, he will flee. When we do that, when we submit to God, when we yield to God, when we make God's word first place and absolute authority, a attribute of humility in a person is they let God be true and every man a liar. That is an attribute of humility is that God is absolute authority. His word is absolute truth. It's not subjective truth. It's objective truth. It's final authority. Whatever God says is moral is moral. Whatever God says is immoral is immoral. Whatever God says is right and good is right and good. And whatever God says is wrong and evil is wrong and evil. That's a humble person. That's an attribute of humility. Let's look quickly at what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says in verse 5, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. So an attribute of, of humility is, is a submission to God, submission to spiritual authorities in our life, people that love us and care for us, and submission one to another. Ephesians 5.21 says we're supposed to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. And while there's different measures of submission, different positions of authority that some of us are under authority or we have authority, I believe to a measure all of us have authority and are under authority. Submission is a key to humility. 
You can go to any prison, and I've been to many prisons, and you can find out quickly that people that are in prison did not know how to submit to God, would not submit to God, did not submit to authorities that be. They had rebellion in their heart, and pride goes before a fall and destruction. And jail is like a a, a place to get it right before you die and go to the jail of the spirit. There's a natural jail, and you're literally taught to submit. It's mandated for you to submit in jail. And the hope is that people will humble themselves, get out of jail, submit to God, submit to authorities that be, submit to a boss, submit to a teacher, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and prosper because that's humility. But even if they don't learn in jail, hell is a place where you don't get to do what you want to do, and you will be made to, to submit. It says again that when we submit one to another, we're clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt us in due time. There's a season for promotion, a season for God to promote you, for God to exalt you. You don't need to promote yourself. You don't need to exalt yourself. You need to humble yourself, and God will will promote you. Again, these are attributes of humility, and we all need to celebrate Humble Month. We all need to humble ourselves for the entire month of June, and we need to to serve the Lord our God that is a humble God. Jesus is humble. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus said that he was meek and lowly of heart. He was humble. Philippians chapter 2 says that Jesus humbled himself even unto death, the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. Jesus, as a man, has the highest seat in the universe because no man can go as low as Jesus went. No man can humble himself unto the death that Jesus died. No man can take your sins. No man can take your place. No man can bear God's curse and wrath for you. No man can take God's judgment against you in punishment. But Jesus did on the cross. The Bible says that he tasted death for every man by the grace of God. Man, that is so powerful. When you look at Jesus, he was submissive to the Heavenly Father. He followed him and submitted to him in everything right up to the cross and the death of the cross. So that's an attribute of humility. There are many more attributes, attributes, excuse me, that make up humility and that we need to learn them. If you're teachable, that's an attribute of humility. Correction from those who love you. I'm not talking about people that just jump on you, don't care about you, try to correct you when they don't know you. I'm talking about people who love you, that have authority over you, that when they correct you, a humble person receives correction. As a matter of fact, all of mind renewal involves uh, humility. You cannot renew your mind that creates this transformation out of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, unless you're teachable, unless you're correctable. You have to be humble to go, you know what? My thinking wasn't right. I was being conformed to the world. 
and now I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Well, there's a lot I could say about this. I've got other teachings available. We're going to take a 90-second break, and then we'll be back, and we'll receive your phone calls and your questions. Thanks for being a part. I'll see you in 90 seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, All you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God, long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love, to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, your guest host today. I appreciate you being a part and I want to remind you of the phone number that you can call if you have any questions, 719-619-2341. That number again is 719-619 Two three four one. Also, you can call at any time, 24 hours a day, here at Andrew Walmack Ministries. I believe we have the finest phone center in the entire world. And you can call at any time for prayer and for help and to, to see what resources are available. That prayer line number is 719-635-1111. If you can't find the number... <laughs> 11 on your phone, it's 1111. That's 719-635-1111. One more time, I'd like to announce an upcoming event. I have spoken at this event in the past. It's called Healing is Here. Healing is Here. And brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that healing really is here. And these speakers are fantastic. And the, the anointing on healing is here is is just absolutely profound. So I want to encourage you to be a part. If you know of someone that needs a healing, needs a miracle, get them to these meetings. The conference will be held in Woodland Park, Colorado at the Karis Bible College. It's August the 8th through the 12th. Uh, Andrew Walmack, of course, will be speaking. Benny Hinn will be speaking. Uh, Carly uh, Teradez, Carrie Pickett, Barry Bennett, Daniel Amstance, and Greg Moore are our speakers. And I know they will be a blessing to you. You'll be able to receive. All right. Let's go to our, our phone line and begin to, to answer, answer questions. 
Um, we've got Kathy uh, from Alabama, and she's asking the question, why don't Jewish people believe in hell? Is that correct, Kathy? Yeah. I have a few Jewish friends that actually I'm blessed with. They bless me and I bless them. But we were just talking one day, and they said, ask, ask away. I said, do you mind if I ask you a question? Do you, why don't y'all believe in hell? And they said, there is no hell. There's nowhere in the Bible. But in our New Testament, in Matthew and Mark, there is something that mentions about hell. That Jesus speaks as hell as a place where fire never goes out in Mark nine forty three. So... Absolutely. First of all, the the Bible does speak of of hell. Jesus, who was a Jew, uh, taught that there was a hell and spoke of people that went before the New Testament and before the cross. There was Abraham's bosom, and then there, and that was called a place of paradise, where all the old covenant uh, believers were held until the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the way to heaven itself was made. But then there was a lower part of the earth that definitely a man went to, and Jesus referred to it as a place of suffering and pain. And and so I don't know if all Jewish people say they don't believe in hell or that there's no hell, but we have an entire culture today that doesn't believe that there is a hell. There's no fear of God. And there's no fear of eternal judgment, which is one of the the tenets of the faith. So I really don't know and can't address why Jews in general would not believe in hell. I've never heard that, and I don't know that all Jews do not believe in hell. I've met many uh, Jewish people that I do believe they do believe in hell. So I don't want to make a blanket statement that all Jewish people think that way. Uh, but perhaps some of the ones you met didn't believe. Uh, but I have no idea why they wouldn't believe. I'm telling you, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And uh, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. Well, that is a part of of hell. And Jesus is the one that said that in Mark chapter 16. So that's about the best I can do in answering that question. Was there anything else you wanted to ask? Right. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for your call. All right. As people call in and we accept your calls, I'll be answering questions again, especially, I hope, in reference to what I ministered. But we need to continue to to look at and think about attributes of humility and how that we need to to guard our hearts as Christians from pride, and if you will, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that we might be able to receive more grace for our families in this hour, for our businesses, uh, for our churches. This is an hour when we need more grace to overcome, and that comes through humbling ourselves. So one of the attributes, again, of, of humility is, is being teachable. So I want to encourage you to seek the Lord in this hour. I want to encourage you to learn to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Well, again, that phone number for your calls is 719-619-2341. Let me go back to humility again and humbling ourselves 
under the mighty hand of God, how do you know if you're walking in humility? How do you know if you've really embraced a heart of humility? Well, one of the symptoms, signs, attributes is a thankful heart, a thankful heart. If you really believe that everything you are, you are by the grace of God, then you're going to be thankful. You're going to be thankful. If you really believe everything you have is by the grace of God, then you're going to have a thankful heart. If you really believe everything you know is by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to have a thankful heart. And if you really believe that everything you do is by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, then you're going to have a grateful heart. You're going to have a thankful heart. So thanksgiving is an attribute of humility in our lives. Well, I don't know if my screen is is off, but I'm not seeing your calls. Uh, and so if you're if you're on the line, please hold and we'll get that fixed. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep sharing on humility. In in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, the scriptures say, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why is it always God's will for us to give thanks in everything? We don't necessarily give thanks for everything. But we are, brothers and sisters, to give thanks in everything, and that's the will of God. Why is that? Because of the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, Paul said that he wasn't worthy to be called an apostle because he had persecuted the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 10, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And God's grace wasn't bestowed upon him in vain, but he labored more abundantly than they all, than all the other apostles. And then he said, yet not I, but it was the grace of God that was with me. So Paul said, everything I am, an apostle, the righteousness of God, a new creation, all of that is because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So everything we are is because of who we are now in Christ, and grace made us happy. So we are thankful. After the flesh, we are nothing. In Romans chapter 7, verse 18, the scriptures say, Paul said, that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Why did he say it that way? Because in my spirit dwells a good thing, Christ in me, the hope of glory, but in my flesh dwells no good thing. You and I are nothing after the flesh, but that's why we don't walk after the flesh. We walk after the spirit. And while I'm nothing after the flesh, I'm a new creation after the Spirit, a new person in Christ, the righteousness of God. Humility accepts and submits to God's Word. Without Him, I'm nothing. But that same humility submits to God's Word and says, but with Him, I'm His workmanship, Ephesians 2.8. I'm a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5.21. So humility submits to what God says I'm not and agrees with God, but then it submits and agrees with God in concerning who I am now in Christ. So let's go back to the phones. We've got AJ from Colorado. Uh, how can you be humble in a culture that promotes self? It's a great question. That's why we have to know the attributes of humility 
is because our culture does exalt self. Again, there's a whole month of celebrating pride, pride month of celebrating self, of celebrating expressing who you are independent of God, being your own master of your destiny. And so how can we humble ourselves in a culture that, again, is centered in self? We have to repent as as believers. We have to now focus on God and his word. And Jesus said it this way in Matthew 16, I believe it's verse 24, that we need to deny self, take up our cross and follow him. We have to daily learn to deny self. God crucified the old man at the cross, buried the old man, and now in the resurrection has made you and I through faith a new man in Christ, but we still have to deny self or deny flesh and the desires of the flesh. We have to put to death things that exalt self versus exalt God, and most of that is our feelings and our opinions, and our philosophies, the philosophies of men. Those things have to be put to death if we're going to be humble and have more grace. So that's a discipline that every Christian develops, and I hope that I hope that helps, A.J. Did you want to ask anything else? Uh, yes, sir. How do I, because I agree with all of that, but uh, I know people who really get down about themselves because they're not, living one of those types of celebrity lives. Like they feel as if they're being led by God to be out there and someone who will be, um, you know, like big because God has implanted those things into their heart, but they don't see it happening now. So how do I, how do I yeah, the, uh, help them be humble during that time of transition? Well, the way you, it's really simple. Uh, the first Corinthians, the scriptures teach us in first Corinthians three, six, that Paul said that he planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Jesus, according to Matthew chapter nine, verse 38, he's the Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of increase. He's the Lord of promotion. And so we have to leave the promotion up to God and keep planting his word, his promises, keep watering his word. Paul planted, Apollos watered, and then just trust God for the increase. Peter said that when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt us in due season. There's a due season for the promotion. There's a due season for the harvest, and that's in the hands of the Lord. And Humility yields the harvest over to God. God is responsible for my promotion. God is responsible, and I just trust him. I just keep planting, and I just keep watering the word that God has given me, the promises that God has given me. I humble myself, and God exalts me. And there's always a timeline on the exalting. I'm in the, the, the best season of my life, but it took decades of, of planting decades of watering. And now God, the Lord of the harvest, has given me the increased. I'm reaping a great harvest, and I'm excited about it. But I had to be patient. 
I had to run my race with patience or endurance. There are so many factors involved in God exalting us, and it's in due season. If God exalts us and promotes us beyond the level of our humility, then we'll fall into the snare and condemnation of the devil. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 6 says, in the list of 16 qualifications for a bishop, it says he can't be a novice uh, lest he fall, lest he get puffed up and fall into the same condemnation of the devil. So a lot of it is maturity versus immaturity. God will give us a vision, a dream, big things to accomplish, but we have to mature in order to to come into those things and it not produce pride in us. So part of humility is trusting God for his part and now by his grace doing my part. My part is to humble myself. My part is to keep planting the promises of God into my heart, seed, Mark chapter 4, and there are many different ways to water that seed, but God is the Lord. Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. So I really hope that helps. Did that make sense to you? Yes, it does. And I'm going to go have a talk with one of my close friends. So thank you. Oh, that that would be awesome. Go bless him and encourage him to be be faithful and to endure and to keep humbling himself. Don't get discouraged. Don't get down. That, again, is just our flesh. And, and again, pride is just self-centeredness. When we get focused on even ourself and the lack of promotion, that's a form of pride. Well, we're going to take a, a short break, and I'll get back to your calls a, as soon as we get back from the break. Uh, 90 seconds, and we'll be right back. Thank you for being a part. Call a friend. Call us. The area code is 719-619-2341. This is a godly nation. It was founded upon godly principles. God is calling us to rebuild His house so that He can manifest His glory in the midst of a corrupt and pagan world. I would argue that America has been more prosperous, more successful than any other nation because we've done more in reading and applying the Bible. It is the history for Christians to speak out and to make a difference in this nation. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. The moment you believe your healing is done and it's just a matter of time until whatever the symptoms are, are gone. You observe what Jesus did and try in your mind and say, I'm making a judgment that Jesus paid the price for me. We focus on what the doctors can do for us more than what God can do for us. Say, God is my healer, not the doctor. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your guest host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I really appreciate you being a part of this live uh, broadcast. 
Our phone number, if you have any questions, is 719-619-2341. Let me remind you of our prayer line that is absolutely available 24-7. It's 719-635-1111. You can call for prayer. And, man, we have so many resources available to assist you in your in your maturing process in Christ. Let me just say a couple of things before we go back to to our phone lines. I can't encourage you enough to learn these attributes and scriptures in regards to pride and what God says about pride. And then these attributes of humility and what humility looks like, what it what it feels like and how that we have to learn to humble ourselves. And you can't humble yourself if you don't know what humility really is. So this is vital to your children. And so you need to teach your children early the the destructive nature of pride and the promotional nature and the the blessings that are associated with humility as God's grace comes more and more on the on the path of humility. Let me also encourage you again that we have Healing is Here. That conference is coming up August the 8th through the 12th. Our keynote speakers are Andrew, our beloved Andrew Walmack, Pastor Benny Hinn, Carly Teradez, Carrie Pickett, Barry Bennett, Daniel Amstance, and Greg Moore. They are such a blessing. So mark it on your calendar. Get a hold of somebody I have spoken at this conference, and they are powerful, and the presence of God is incredible, the miracles, the signs, even in wonders. So you need to be a part. It'll be at at the Karis Bible College right there in Woodland Park, Colorado. All right, let's go back to our phones and and answer your your questions. Uh, We've got Joe from Georgia. Uh, a partner here at Andrew Walmack Ministries. Joe, what is your question? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm a supervisor on my job, and I'm just wondering about there's certain people that, you know, they don't tell the truth and they're very obnoxious, and uh, I, I, have, I, I find that I'm avoiding them, you know, in order to, to you know, I'm, I'm wondering how that stands with humility, you know. Well, that's a, that is an excellent question, Joe. Uh, and uh, all of us have those people in our lives <laughs> that uh, we would prefer to avoid rather than than confront or encounter even. And uh, those kind of people, it, it's it's like God's will in humbling ourselves and seeing who we are in Christ. I mean, when someone who is humble walks into a room, uh, the entire room lights up with blessings. But some people have to leave the room for the room to light up, uh, and it's usually because of pride. So those are issues of pride. And so the only advice, even from Scripture, that I would have would be to love those people with God's kind of love and to to reach out to them to help them. They're not happy. They're not fulfilled. They are struggling with pride that is destroying them. So my advice to you would be to pray and to seek ways to encourage them still to not be self-centered, but to be God-centered, uh, to witness to them of the of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so I hope that helps. 
but you definitely need to pray for them, and then you need to ask God to help you to witness to them, be a witness even to them with his kind of love. I hope that helps. Is there anything else, Joe? That really helps a lot, Dwayne. I appreciate it. Thanks for the thanks for the well, job I, you're doing I, and your faithfulness. Thank you. Well, thank you, and thanks for the call, and, and thanks for caring. God bless you. All right, we want to go to Mitchell now in Tennessee. Uh, Mitchell, what is your question today? Hello, Brother Sheriff. My question is, um, how come on, like, these phone chat lines and stuff, years ago they would block you for doing it? But how come, like, well, I'll give an example, and I, I've changed my box number, and I don't talk to this woman anymore. But um, she was there was a woman on a chat line last night that she got mad at this guy, and she told him the best thing he could do is split his wrist. How come people that run these chat lines oh, are letting gosh. people— like even though it's been, even though the messages are being approved by the computer, probably, how come they're not? How come the owners of these chat lines are letting people encourage people to split their wrist? Because years ago, the eighty-six means block. But years ago, if you did that, the system would eighty-six. Is it true? I've heard rumor, but is it true that they've lifted the ban where people can say what they want to on chat lines? I've heard it is. I'm just simply not as familiar with that as I need to need to be, Mitchell. I know there's other guest hosts on here that would probably uh, be able to answer that better from a legal standpoint. Uh, Mark Cowart is awesome. Of course, our beloved Richard Harris, uh, he's a lawyer. He's more familiar with the social media uh, boundaries and and laws. Uh, that is horrible. That is a horrible thing for a person to say. Uh, but I don't know why. That is allowed. I don't know why. I know there's algorithms that are a part of the social media network. I know that AI is a serious threat on the horizon in the cancel culture, and that I'm not sure where that's going to go, and that there are algorithms that you can say certain things, and you'll you'll be censored. You'll be canceled. You'll be flagged. I've been censored. I've been canceled. I've been flagged. By most of all of our media, media, social media outlets. And so there are algorithms that are set against truth, but avoid things that are a part of a culture of hate, a culture of darkness, and a culture of death. I actually have a book called Counter Culture, and I deal with the culture. That, that's a culture of hate, that is a culture of death, and that's a culture of darkness. But that is what is celebrated in our culture today that lacks humility, that will not submit to God. So that's just another manifestation of people that are not submitted to God, and they've embraced a culture of death and darkness. And all we can do is be a culture of light and life and and um, and God's kind of love. Uh, so call back. Uh, especially probably when Richard Harris is on, and I think he could be more specific on why they are allowing that. I can't address that, but I can address, welcome to the culture of hate, welcome to the culture of darkness, and welcome to a culture of death, that we should never speak to one another in those kind of terms or or encourage any kind of self-destruction like that. So was there anything else, Mitchell? It's just like when I post messages on the chat line, they, like I'm talking normal, sometimes I'll let my message go through. Sometimes the system will talk about I'm eating, I'm doing this. But it's, but, but it's like when other people are talking negative, 
course, it may be a glitch, but I think I did the right thing by changing my mailbox number from that woman so I don't contact her anymore. But like these narcissists and stuff, they get on chat lines, they get, they start talking like they, there's, there's a couple of guys on the chat lines that claim that one of them claims he's a, a med, he's a psychiatrist and he's making up stories on people. That's not even true. And I can tell being blind. I'm Absolutely. And uh, they're on drugs because they're talking out of their head a hundred miles a minute, you know? Well, we all need to be careful of uh, digital social media. I don't lean into that very much except trying to get the message of the gospel out. All, all of us, especially our children. One thing I would say to you, Mitchell, and to those that are watching or listening, is you need to guard your children in their digital footprint. You need to know what their online uh, platforms are, look like, what's being said. We certainly don't need our children submitted to any of those kind of social social media um, kind of, um, if you will, postings. Those are just terrible. So I'd caution everybody to do what Mitchell did. You may want to get off of some of those things uh, if they're if they're negative like that. We need we need to saturate ourselves with life and love and light, and not be subjected to all this stuff, especially willfully. All right. I hope that I hope that helps. Do we have any other any other calls now? We're having some technical difficulties, uh, but. I want to encourage you again to, to learn the attributes of pride, learn the attributes of humility, and embrace the attributes of humility uh, and avoid and repent of any attribute um, of, of pride. I actually have on my call screen Dwayne Sheriff from Lawton, Oklahoma. <laughs> so that just – is there a Dwayne Sheriff truly on the line from Lawton, Oklahoma? Are you Dwayne Sheriff? Okay, that that must be. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think there was another Dwayne Sheriff, especially from Lawton, Oklahoma. And so let me go back to encouraging you of the attributes of of humility. Again, an attribute of humility is dependency upon God, submission to God, yielding to God. So an attribute of pride would be rebellion to God, resisting God. Adam and Eve committed the same sin in the garden that Lucifer committed in heaven. They thought they could eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and be like God in rebellion to God, in disobedience to God. And we cannot eat of that tree we have to continually eat of the tree of obedience, that's humility, yield to the word of God. When Satan came to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, he challenged God's word. He, he absolutely said to Eve, has God said, did God really say that you could not eat of the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil? So Satan, in his pride, trying to re reproduce pride in other people, always gets us to question God's word. Now, don't misunderstand me. We need to ask questions. You need to ask God questions. You need to ask spiritual leaders questions. That's why we have an open line for people to call in and ask questions, because questions and asking questions can, can lead to wisdom and knowledge and 
understanding. But Satan didn't ask a question. He was questioning God. Hath God said, you, sh- you shall not eat of it? Well, of course God said you shall not e- eat of it. Then the, the devil went to the next level. Hath God said, then he said that you will not surely die. He contradicts God's word. He always contradicts in pride God's word. And when we contradict God's word, it's a manifestation of pride in our lives. And it leads to to destruction and failing and falling in our lives. So we need to learn from Satan's demise and how he got kicked out of heaven because of pride. We need to learn from Sodom and Gomorrah and their pride, according to Ezekiel 16. We need to learn from Adam and Eve's pride. They thought they would be like God in disobedience to God, in rebellion to God, in charting their own destiny independent of God. That is pride, and it always leads to destruction. Humility is submission to God. It's yielding to God. It's letting God be true and every man a liar. One of the things that spoils Christians, according to Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, is philosophies, the philosophies of men, the traditions of men, the rudiments of this world. And we have to learn God's word and in submission yield to God's word. That is humility. Boy, when you are humble, You say what God says, you agree with God, and you refuse to come off of what God said if you have understanding of what God meant and how to apply it in your heart and in your life. And so that's a part of just being humble. It's a part of God's call in our lives, casting our care upon the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter talked about submission being a form of humility one to another. And then he said that we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due season, casting our care upon the Lord, for the Lord cares for us. A part of humility, an attribute of humility, is a carefree heart, a worry-free heart. You have to humble yourself not to worry. You have to humble yourself not to take care the cares of this world that Jesus said, Mark chapter four, will literally choke the word of God, the seed that changes your life and causes you to bear much fruit. That word, Jesus said, the cares of this world will choke the life of God's seed in your heart. And taking care is a form of pride. You feel like you have to control things. You have to be in control. And so that's a form of of pride. So how do I humble myself? I cast my care upon the Lord, for he cares for me. God loves you, brothers and sisters. God has a great plan for you. God has made grace available that is actually his strength in human weakness. I'm running out of time, but 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about verses 7 through 10. He talks about this messenger sent from Satan, a thorn in his flesh, and it was to buffet him. And this was a form of persecution and affliction and just hardship in the ministry that he was facing. And he sought the Lord three times that this thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan, would be removed. 
And the Lord said to him, each time my grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God's grace, which is his strength and power in our life, is made perfect in human weakness. What is humility? It admits and submits our weaknesses to God. It admits and submits our human weakness to to God. And again, Paul said that human weakness is a part of the human condition. We all need God. Humility and an attribute, attribute of humility is when I see my need for God. I see my need to seek God, to ask God, to knock, and the door now being opened unto me. Pride does not see its need for God. Pride is independent of God, self-sufficient, self-absorbed, self-focused. One of our callers mentioned narcissism. And man, our culture is narcissistic in the sense of they're consumed with self. So many today worship at the ungodly altar, the unholy altar of me, myself, and I. The unholy trinity and altar of me, myself, and I. They're totally consumed with me, myself, and I. That's pride. What is humility? It's com- it is completely consumed with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That man, your heart is toward the Father in humility. Your heart is committed and loyal to the Son in, in humility. And your heart is yielded. Excuse me, that was my Bible. Your heart is yielded to the Holy Spirit as you navigate the affairs of this life. That's a humble person. And Paul said, look, we all are dependent upon God. We all have human weakness. One of our callers mentioned that how do people endure a season and not be discouraged when they're not seeing the manifestations of God's promises, of God exalting them or promoting them? That's a part of humility is patience on the Lord, running your race with patience, looking unto Jesus, the author now and finisher of our faith, looking unto Jesus where God's grace is found. Paul went on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when God told him that his grace was sufficient for my strength is made perfect in weakness, therefore most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities. This word infirmities here means weaknesses, weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul came to a place that he recognized his inability after the flesh to perform, his inability after the flesh to deal with all these persecutions and afflictions and trials and tribulations that were coming at him that were Satan, a messenger of Satan, to buffet him, to beat him repeatedly. This man was opposed at every level in preaching the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he got weak. He got tired. He experienced forms of discouragement 
in human weakness. And God told him, look, my power, my strength is made perfect in human weakness. So he actually had a change of mind and a reversal in his mind. And he said, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, needs, persecutions, distress for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. Man, when we recognize human weakness, that's when the power of God rests upon us and we become strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We need to learn these things. We need to understand these attributes of humility and humble ourselves. Let's go back to the phone here for a moment. We've got Robert in Florida. Robert, what is your question today on truth and liberty? Uh, hi, Dwayne. Um, after I listened to your whole message on humility um, and everything you're sharing, I just want to give a, a brief testimony, and it's very brief in that I've been able to cast my care on the Lord and take care for nothing and not worry uh, and walk in peace. Uh, that passes understanding, guard my heart and mind. And I'm just doing this every day, and it's really come down to simply meditating on what humility is. And I, I find the Bible verses, and I meditate in them. And um, it's really producing this incredible effect of no anxiety, Amen. no worry. And Amen. It does work. I'm just saying it really does work. And I, I can go places and do things, and Amen. I feel like I, I'm just being myself. And I, I really like what you're sharing Amen. works. Amen. Well, you're being your, your true self in Christ. You're learning to deny self that's self-absorbed and self-destructive. <laughs> Take up your cross. That's who Jesus is and what he did for you and your connection to it. And now that's casting your care upon the Lord. And man, it really is amazing. I've got a new book coming out called Rhythms of Grace, Rhythms of Grace. And I deal with how to overcome stress and worry and anxiety and casting your care on the Lord on how to enter that Sabbath rest that Jesus has provided. Man, when you begin to see these things, thank you so much, Robert, for that testimony, because people need to hear that this doesn't work just for preachers. No, when we humble ourselves, meditate on God's promises, entrust our problems to him and trust his solutions in our life by grace, it is a peace that passes all understanding. Man, I experience that on a daily basis as well. I'm really happy for you, Robert. And the good thing is now as you as you develop these things, as I've taught these things and, and seen people embrace them, the real good news too is you'll be able to share them with your family that are open, your friends, uh, co-workers, Man, this is exciting. Go be a blessing, even as God has blessed you, Robert. Thanks for the call. All right. We just picked up that call, and uh, we really appreciate your patience with us, with our technical problems today, but, man, God is blessing. We've got Christine now from Connecticut. Christine, uh, welcome to Truth and Liberty. Uh, what's your question today? Hi, Pastor Dwayne. It's always a pleasure listening to you and Andrew, I want to tell you. <laughs> and Thank you also, so much. I practice humility, I'd like to think, 90% of the time. I practice, try to practice <laughs> kindness all the time. And, uh, to everyone who walks through my door, I have a little mom and pop shop. And yet, I can't seem to overcome my anxiety problem. 
or, you yeah. know, not so much depression, more than anxiety. And I've prayed on it and I've done everything. And, you know, as I'm getting older, it's getting worse. So, you know, it's, well, I just, I just don't know how to, you know, what am what do I have to do? I mean, I, I'm in agreement yeah. with, yeah. you know, that I, I want it to be that, it, you know, it I am healed by the stripes of God. I am healed, but it hasn't happened. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I appreciate the call so much and the honesty, uh, because this is why, again, I just shared. I'm not trying to just shamelessly promote my book. But uh, I've gotten permission to share these things. Uh, I can't wait for this new book on Rhythms of Grace to come out. I would love to hear from you and get this book to you, uh, Christine, because I outline, again, this process of casting our care upon the Lord, of meditating on the Lord and the things of the Lord. And so it would take more time to really diagnose exactly what is the source of the anxiety but the bottom line is somewhere in there, you're still seeing a negative, a negative outcome to something in your life. There's a picture either ingrained in your heart, an image ingrained in your heart, or some nagging thought of a negative outcome to a situation or situations in your life. And the way that God uproots that is by placing the root of his love for you, uh, his care for you. Uh, when it says, cast all your care upon the Lord in first Peter chapter five, it says for the Lord cares for you. The, the way I was able, and it took me a while to, to truly cast all the care of the world, the care and worry of my children and, and even ministry things was meditating on how much God cares for me. Uh, a part of worry and anxiety is a form of fear, and it's God's love that casts that fear out. So somehow or another, I wish I could help more, uh, but I want to encourage you to meditate day and night on how much God cares for you, how much He loves you unconditionally. He's there for you. He's faithful above all things. He's loyal. And in the book, even, I talk about what's the worst thing that could happen to us, and that's die. And I have died. Many of you don't know my testimony, but I've died. Three years ago, I died. And I can tell you, dying is the simplest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I was immediately in the presence of the Lord and consumed by his love and peace. So the worst case scenario in anything in life is dying. And God has taken the sting out of death by bearing our sins on the cross. The, 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 the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. And Jesus bore our sin, taking the sting out. He fulfilled the law in, in, in breaking its power off of us. And so I outline in the book, again, the worst thing that can happen is dying. And you'll be in the presence of the Lord, consumed, enveloped in his love and peace. So don't die. I'm not recommending die to experience the love of God, but I am saying he loves you. He loves me. And once I absolutely sold out to how much God loves me and that if God is for me and he really is, who can be against me? What can be against me? These things will absolutely kill that anxiety. 
And man, I hope that helps. My heart goes out to you, but God's word is true that you keep meditating on his love. His love and a revelation of his love will cast out all fear, all forms of fear, kinds of fear, worry, anxiety, and things of that nature. Man, I hope that I hope that helps, Christine. Thank you so much for the call. Well, I want to encourage you again to call in. We have other hosts all week long here on Truth and Liberty, and they'll be a blessing to you, I promise. I know them all. They are awesome. The line to call is 719, that's area code 719-619-2341. Again, I can't encourage you enough to call our prayer line, because I promise you, you will be blessed that the the prayer partners here at Andrew Walmack Ministry are absolutely incredible and awesome, brothers and sisters, and they can pray for you. They can help get you and navigate you through Andrew's website, and he has literally thousands of hours of messages that if you'll listen to them and meditate on the Word of God with him, they will, they will bless you, I promise. So that prayer line is 719 635 719-635-1111. And I, I want to encourage you to call. There are so many resources. Andrew and I both make our material basically available for free. And uh, we've both just given away millions and millions of messages and resources that can help you. I can be contacted at com. <laughs> Did I say con? <laughs> Amen. I can be contacted at pastordwayne.com, pastordwayne, D U A N E.com. And I also have material available. Some of the things I've ministered today, I have in a series form in DVDs, audio, downloads on God's love for you, God's grace. Thanks so much for being a part of Truth and Liberty. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.